You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Now, but before we get to the podcast and before we get to the show, you know what you have to do. Please go out and hit us up on all those very important social media outlets, the social media outlets that help run the show and tell you where the show is and all that jazz so you can check us out on twitter at tnw pod you can check us out on instagram at talking wrestling podcast you can check us out on facebook at backslash talking wrestling you can also find us on spotify at talking wrestling um we are also on itunes so rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, and we will read it on the show, and we will tell you how great you are as well. Oh, boy. Where else can you find us? Oh, man. Where else? We're on Apple Music. We're on basically wherever you can find uh, podcasts. That We're usually there. And if you can't find us on a podcast, just... Type in www.neversleepsnet and uh, go to the Never Sleeps Network site. Uh, that might not even be the actual website. You can just Google Talking Wrestling, basically. Uh, but I do believe it's neversleepsnetwork.com. But uh, I know at one point it was maybe changed to Never Sleeps Net. Not 100% familiar. However, um, you, you Google talking wrestling, you will find us. We are out there, and we are uh, we are making posts, and we are uh, tweeting tweets, and uh, updating Facebooks weekly on the show. Now, this show, what do we got? Well, well, you got stored in for us this week, Casey. Well, I don't know. It's only the week after the uh, number three greatest pay-per-view of the year for the wwe that's debatable but it is number three wrestlemania being number one uh number two goes to SummerSlam, and the survivor series was the third pay-per-view done and of the big four and uh, we are today we're talking about survivor series and um like every time we do a big four review i bring back uh the big man himself uh, the original guest host of this show that uh, he never really, he did, these are secret tapes. There are episodes of the show that did not air because they did not test well. And uh, this gentleman might be the reason why. Um, he still is here. He's uh, Jeff McHenry. He is the owner of the WWE Network in this household. He is my roommate. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, depending on this episode, that all remains to be seen what's going to happen next year. Uh, 2021, 
Who knows? In hindsight, this year has been crappy. But Jeff McHenry, you're always you always show up whenever there's a big four, and I appreciate that. Uh, welcome to the show. How have you been? And uh, tell us what you've been up to lately, Jeff. Hold on, Jeff. Wait, I didn't. I just hold on my, until my finger drops, and then you can talk because uh, I don't have you queued up yet. So um, now, Jeff, tell us again um, what you've been up to and how your 2020 is going, Jeff. Well, thank you very much, Casey. Uh, it's good to be here. I uh, appreciate you having me back. Always, uh, always fun getting to do the uh, big four uh, pay per views uh, with you. Um, Yes, we do have some uh, lost episodes, uh, the first episodes we ever did before you turned it into a, a one-man and gang, uh, if you will. And, well, uh, I would say it was more of a African dream than <laughs> a one-man gang. <laughs> However, continue. Uh, but if you folks want to listen to those uh, lost episodes, you can go to talkingwrestling.net backslash gov slash whatever non-existent website you were plugging at the beginning i don't think they're i don't think those episodes are available <laughs> i don't think they are they're they're locked away in the archives um, with the infamous matt bill and jake snake <laughs> episode yes where matt uh i believe in the uh late 90s they called it in no condition to perform oh no matt was in all condition to perform <laughs> He had, oh my God! It was it was it was five thirty in the morning. <laughs> Just not aired. Uh, it was it never made air. Mm-hmm. And every time I see him, he's like, "When are you gonna air it?" I've been plugging it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he this the episode will not air. There are certain episodes that are <laughs> unairable, and, uh, and this is definitely one of them. <laughs> so, so Jeff, uh, Survivor Series. Now we have been having uh, Survivor Series a week, basically at the house. We have been watching a lot of Survivor Series action. Yes, we have. Yes, we've watched the original Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and we learned uh, how much of an asset Rick Martel is to any Survivor Series that he was on in his heyday. We didn't learn that. You constantly said that, as you do through every Rick Martel match. Well, you know, when you see him and Kerry Von Eric going at it in the middle of the ring, you realize that is two AWA past champions, and that is something to to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AWA title for a long time, very prestigious title, and then when Jeff was born, uh, no prestige, apparently. Uh, he has no respect for the AWA champions of the past. He'll say, oh, well, Nick Bockwinkle was okay. But still, Nick Bockwinkle before and after Rick Martel's time. So, you know, what does that say exactly? But Rick Martel is a model champion, model wrestler, a model himself, <laughs> and uh, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, we also watched um, the five-on-five five from the Toronto Survivor Series. Yes, yes, which uh, hangs over me to this day. Casey uh, went, uh, um, and uh, I did not, and I thought it was going to be a terrible show. Yeah, I well, not, not, not only did I, did I, did I go, mm-hmm. I left Jeff here. He did, he did. And came back, and I was like, well, that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> It was an incredible match, and then you also had uh, Goldberg's return match, which was uh, 
the best I think the best Goldberg ever was in his career. That's it's an amazing match. It's you know they say you're only as good as good as your opponent, and and what your opponent gives you, and um, Brock gave him so much in three minutes. Yes, that it's the greatest Goldberg match ever, as far as I'm concerned. Yep, you're right. Like I remember that night, that hour match. Believe me, it felt like an hour, and I remember thinking, "Oh my God, there's." It's already this late. <laughs> They're not going to have much time for this Goldberg match. And I thought it maybe go seven minutes at the most. And what they gave us that night was they didn't give us Goldberg versus Brock. They gave us a vintage 1990s Goldberg match. And I couldn't have asked for anything more. And uh, to this day, I still rave about that match. And it's still one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I agree. I'm supposed to say something while you're sipping your hot chocolate. Coffee, Jeff. It's coffee. I'm a man. <laughs> it's hot chocolate coffee. Um, <laughs> Tim Hortons hot coffee chocolate uh, chocolate toffee. Can we? Uh, can we? <laughs> I don't get know. a sponsorship by Tim Hortons. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if you're gonna edit th- this out. What? Um, what are you gonna say? Why would you say that? Why are we, what are you going to edit it out? Uh, can you... Now, there were times at the top of the program... Yes. ...where you would say, if you uh, give us a five-star review... Yes. Uh, ...we will send you a vintage postcard. Yes. And then there was information that you stumbled upon. Well, yes, and we stopped doing that. That's why I stopped saying it. And I didn't say it. We haven't said it in weeks. Yes. And what was the information you stumbled upon? That each of those postcards are worth like $50 a piece. That's right. I'm giving away like $500 to my listeners. That's how much this show loves you. Thanks for bringing that up, Jeff. I was never going to bring that up on my own. Uh, you come into my room. Did you know how much these are worth? The fucking Hulk Hogan is like a hundred dollars. Oh no, the Hulk Hogan worth way more. <laughs> so John Brenner, you're lucky you're a good friend of mine. I do think that's who has the Hulk Hogan one. But don't worry, I ruined it by writing all over it. So they when they when they're in the book or in the paper, they're worth a lot. But the minute I put a stamp on it. And write a bunch of stuff saying thank you for listening and the awesome review. They lose all their value. So if you're thinking that Tommy Wildfire Rich was going to make you rich, you might as well light it on Wildfire. So because it ain't going to do much. It's one of my favorite moments living with you. You coming in after stumbling upon that information. Uh. I did not know, but now I'm aware. <laughs> I also remember phoning you saying, uh, is there a card of Ric Flair in a suit holding four fingers or maybe a telephone? Yes, you made me, yes, search your room for for a hockey card. For No, Ric Flair doesn't play hockey. Uh, p- pardon me. Yes. He parties with hockey players and he <laughs> loves hockey. Ric Flair and Bobby, and Bobby, oh boy, Bobby Hull. <laughs> Oh boy, Ric Flair and Bobby Hall, oh the golden bracket. Uh that that's a call back to when we went and saw Ric Flair and Bobby Hall was there and Ric Flair cut a 
promo on Bobby Hull and all the other athletes from their um from their sports. Mm-hmm. Like they had Roberto Alomar there, he's a MVP and a world champion. They had Bobby Hall there, the inventor of the slap shot, one of the greatest players named Bobby to play hockey. Uh, there's all sorts of other players. Yes. Denny Potvin was there as well, yes. best Rick- defenseman. Uh, and, and then Rick Martell, I mean, Rick Flair comes out. Rick Martell doesn't get an entrance like that. Rick <laughs> Flair, uh-huh. they gave him an entrance just short of playing his music. Everything else was he came out, uh, Fifi, his wife was with him. And uh, or Wendy, and they he walked up to the stage. Everybody had a platform. He had a full stage, mm-hmm. and just you know, cut a promo that was fantastic on everybody that was signing autographs in the room at the time, who were all Hall of Famers and their represented sports. <laughs> but here comes the guy from the fake sport that's showing them all up, you know. But. It's weird oh, because this is this fan convention, yes. Yeah. I remember this. This is where you had to dress up. You had to buy a jacket so you can meet Ric Flair because he wanted to look like a horseman. Yes, and also I had shows that weekend, so I was wearing my jacket as well. Duh Jeepers. I drove from Kingston to <laughs> Toronto back to Kingston to go to that. So and it was worth every penny. $200 for the picture, $200 for an autograph, and you slide in a question in there, something you really need to know, like... <laughs> please, please tell the people what your question was. Hey, champ. How many woos do you think you do in a day? A lot. <laughs> Thanks, champ. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Have a good day. So, a lot. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. I wonder what a lot is. I should have said, how many how, how many times have you had the world title? Seventeen. Well, that's not a lot. So, a lot has got to be more than seventeen. How many times have you uh, lost your Rolex? A lot. <laughs> Did you see where um, we've been watching before we get into the Survivor Series? It's been thirty days of Undertaker stuff. Apparently, November is not only grow a mustache, it's also to grow, uh, it's just Undertaker being run down your throat and um, <laughs> grow hair extensions yeah, that are very obvious. <laughs> yes, yes. Hang out with the Tiger King, you know, <laughs> just do Undertaker things, you know, be the American badass, uh, play uh, backgammon with a bunch of uh, dead people, um, you know. So, anyways, the best thing I saw with The Undertaker um, was not the Stone Cold Broken Skull Ratch interview. For me, it was him eating wings on Hot Ones, where it's an internet show. Yes, you told me about this. Where you eat wings, and The Undertaker's the first guy that he did it without drinking milk. He had no problem, you know, Uh, and, and there was one, like, he would tell you if they're hot. He'd be like, oh, there's no excuse for that. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, they go for the milk a couple times. Mm-hmm. But I think he's working it. He's just teasing us a little bit, you know, like he's going for a hot tag. But um, the questions they ask there are fantastic. And um, The Undertaker is now gone. How many times do you say rest in peace in a day? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> he said it after every wing he ate. <laughs> he's like, 
He was like, as for the rest of you wings, <laughs> I'll eat you all in pieces. Rest in pieces. And then the wings just uh, are in the bucket. Um, well, what do you think? They're going to be in a casket? No. Maybe a cask iron grill, but not a casket. The Undertaker, um, he's gone for now and for good. And uh, they're saying that's it. And uh, Mark Calloway is now allowed to, li- to live his life at Mark Calloway. Um, it's Casey Corbin, friend of Val Belcher's. Uh, we know each other. Um, thank you for everything. Uh, you know, and if we can go to Taco Bell and click that gong, <laughs> one we should have. What, you know they how they ring the bell? Yes. I wonder if they're going to ring the bell at Raw on Monday night for The Undertaker 30 times. For his career, yeah. That would be interesting. <clears throat> Well, Raw's already happened. Jeff, we're fucking kayfabe. <laughs> we're taping this on Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not Wednesday. Okay. It's Monday. Okay, yeah, this is this is Monday <sighs> afternoon. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it'd be interesting if they did that on Raw in a few hours from now. Yeah, who knows? What's gonna, I don't know. I don't even know what they're going to do tonight on Raw um, because uh, you know the pay per view itself. We didn't even watch the pre-show. There was a pre-show with a battle royal. No. Did you know that? Yes. The shows are too long now. There's no point in watching the pre-show as far as I'm concerned. But what happens if the pre-show has major effect on the storyline of the of the broadcast that night? Well, then that's their fault for putting it on the pre-show. We missed a battle royal, Jeff, where the Miz won. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. No. And it didn't even play in the storyline of the show. So you were right in not to watch the the pre-show, Jeff. We missed a battle royale, which we, uh, you know, wow, big deal. So then the first match <laughs> mm-hmm. was your five-on-five five traditional. Um, you have the uh, Raw team versus the, um, the, the SmackDown team. Mm-hmm. And this is the sweater match where they all have to wear each other's sweaters because if they don't wear the sweaters, they're not going to know what team they're on. Because they fucking flip shows 10 times a year. Yes. So they have to wear a sweater to know who you're on. Nothing says uh, star power like all of your guys dressing the same. I know. It's like, did you guys call each other this morning when you woke up? (laughs) And said, hey, Braun, do you have a raw shirt that'll fit um, Otis? I mean, no. A SmackDown? Who is a SmackDown shirt that'll fit Otis? Like, his gimmick is having his gut out, and he still managed to do it. Uh, he just wore basically a uh, SmackDown shirt to cover his titties. And um, what did you think of that first match there, Jeff? I was surprised that uh, uh, I think it was Raw just uh, dominated SmackDown, especially because SmackDown is supposed to be a priority. It's on Fox, so you would figure that they wouldn't want their one team to get creamed uh and yet they did so i uh well it's, didn't i didn't understand it, why they did that it sort of started with uh with with seth where seth just just went and got in the ring and just sacrificed himself for the team said you'll understand or something like that and then he lost he didn't even wrestle and then he just went to the back so they're minus guy to start the match yes and, i don't understand that weird cult like 
thing they're doing with him. It doesn't make sense to me. This Monday Night Messiah stuff. Yeah. What kind of cult is it going to end up being? Will he have an own? Will he have his? Will he have an island? I don't know. Because a lot of cult leaders now are having islands mm-hmm. or patches of land mm-hmm. where cult stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the first match. Where 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 does your Rick Martell cult meet? Do you guys have an island? There is no Rick Martell cult. Oh, okay. There's a Rick Martell appreciation <laughs> page for fans and friends uh-huh. and foes of Rick Martell. <laughs> Because a one-time foe could be a future friend, isn't that right, Tito Santana? So, you know, Tito Santana's career after Rick Martel left him in Strike Force, uh, he ended up becoming El Matador. Mm-hmm. That's how that that's the nosedive. That's right. A career will do. Twenty years later, he's doing comedy shows that are terrible that we went and saw for free. He did not know their comedy, Jeff. He just thought he was getting up there and telling stories. <laughs> and if he wants to tell stories about cars and teaching Spanish in Texas. Yeah, everything besides wrestling and WWF like he did that night. A lot of people want to hear about his BC Lion football career. <laughs> As Tito was a player for the BC Lions. Yes. Anyway, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it was an okay match. I just thought it was bizarrely constructed. And yeah, I don't know. What did you think? Well, I thought Raw had all the talent. Um, Very the, much so. Yeah, that SmackDown team was woof. The shits. Like, Kevin Owens is great, but most of it was just the shits. And I thought uh, the best team won. Uh, like. And it wasn't even a contest, really. Uh, Raw destroyed SmackDown. So, you know, Braun is looking great. Um, he's the leader of the team. Uh, he was yelling at everybody <laughs> the whole match. It's like, whose team are you on? Um, but I really felt that uh, the Raw came out strong because they had the better team and uh, they prevailed. So, mm-hmm. um, after that, we went yeah, into... Sorry, do you want to do your, your joke here? That you've been saying for three days? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't even talked about this. The first thing we see, because the first guy that is introduced is AJ Styles, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's got a heater with him. He's got a guy who is, um, um, he's a big motherfucker. Uh, that's, that's the best way to describe him. I think he's, uh, he's, 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 his name is, uh, what was his name? Abouta? Abousta? A Batista? A barista? Uh, what was it? What was his name? I I do I don't know. Are you not Googling this right now? I'm I'm Googling it, but I don't do do your joke and I'll find his real the, name. I can't do the joke because we can't remember the name. Oh, for goodness sakes. All right. Folks, if you know the name of this guy who's he's like he looks because he's AJ Styles' heater. He looks like he's nine feet tall. If you could, uh, if you guys uh, know the name of this uh, this bodyguard, uh, let us know at the show, and we'll <laughs> we'll send you out a postcard with the joke on it that we were going to do right now. <laughs> um, no, no, I think the guy's name. Now they were calling him 
were they calling him the apprentice or something beforehand? Jordan Oma Began. Oma Began. That's not what they called him, though. Yeah, I know. Oh, Amos. There you go. That's, that's, that's right. where you got your joke from. Well, don't say that. Now they know what's coming. Ah, <laughs> we almost got it done. We almost finished that sketch. He was almost seven feet tall. <laughs> that's what I said his, his last name was the entire time. I'm like, I bet you his last name is seven feet tall. Yeah. That almost way Vince, Vince seven is like, feet tall. He's almost seven feet tall. <laughs> yes. Almost seven feet tall. He's almost 310 pounds. <laughs> and he's almost seven feet tall. We'll get to it a little later, but I'm pretty sure... He's almost the next giant Gonzalez. I'm pretty sure Vince is almost dead, dude. Oh, my God. Vince almost is dead. It looked like he was wearing a Vince mask <laughs> that was from a, a Halloween store that sold rubber masks that you would make in Thailand and sell uh, in America because you wanted people to get rashes on their necks or possibly <laughs> for their heads to burn. Um, this mask did not look good on Vince. Vince looked more like the gobbledygooker than he did Vince McMahon. Yeah, he looked rough. He looked rough, and uh, he almost looked dead. Um, <laughs> he he is one more year than Sammy Hagar, which is crazy. He's seventy three. Mm-hmm. My dad is seventy three, and my dad looks way better than Vince McMahon. He might not be ripped like Vince McMahon, and he might not be as rich as Vince McMahon, but it doesn't look like he's wearing a cheap Chinese mask. And I'm not talking about the masks that, for the paramedic today, pandemic, paramedic pandemic. Um, I'm just saying that uh, Vince McMahon did not look good. And um, that was at the Undertaker ceremony at the end, which we'll get to. Uh, but the next match... That was after the the male four four on four or five on five uh, was Oscar and Sasha Banks, I believe. It was not. You've skipped a couple of matches. All right, maybe I took a nap. <laughs> you do do that. I during do wrestling. I have been known to take a nap or two. Yes, Casey always says, "Put on wrestling." I put on wrestling. He talks about Rick Martel for four minutes and then he falls asleep. Well, how am I doing today? Um... <laughs> 26 minutes talking wrestling without <laughs> sleeping. That's what I'm at right now, and I'm dressed like Shawn Michaels to boot. Um, you are. You are. You've got the camo hat. You've got the, uh, yeah. You the got black the, muscle shirt on. Yeah, yeah. You got the jeans. jeans. Yeah. And I got the wonky eye. Yes, you were doing the wonky eye earlier today, making me laugh. Yeah. The, um, so who was, who was the second match? <laughs> It was the Street Profits oh, versus the shit. New Day. Oh, shit. We can't forget about that match. First of all, uh, New Day came dressed up, dressed as action figures, and Big E is back with them, even though they just said goodbye. Uh, <laughs> That's true. But sometimes goodbyes could mean next week. So the New Day came out, and the Street Profits came out, and uh, Jeff, these guys fucking lit it up they had probably the match of the night they had a good match yeah yeah you you uh see i 
I uh, you 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 had a very good joke here. Um, do you remember your joke? Well, I always like comparing the street profits to a private party in AEW. Uh, yeah, they are essentially the same team. Yes, they have the exact same gimmick. They similar body types. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Although I do think that street profits are better than a private party, mm-hmm. and I think they're the team to push in the WWE. Because they have the best gimmick going, and uh, even though the gimmick was done in in, in the mid south back when, in '84 by the PYTs, the Pretty Young Things, uh-huh. uh, but these guys are great. I love Michael Jackson wrestlers, mm. so uh, I think they're fantastic. And uh, that frog splash is amazing. Yes. Well, uh, what was the joke? Did I do a joke? Uh, well, your joke was the street profits uh, often have a prop, and in the midst of getting heat on them. Uh, New Day. Oh, yeah, with the best. Yeah, no, yeah. They so fucking New Day. Fucking grab one of the red cups and they just kicked the cup. And the cup went into the fucking first row. And they're like, well, they can't be street profits without a cup. You got to send them back to the dollar store. Get another sleeve of 50 cups. Yes, they, they broke a, a red solo cup as... Toby Keith would call it. Yes. And the guy reacted like <laughs> like Earthquake just squashed Damien. Yeah. You kick, <laughs> he, yeah. He broke a 30 cent cup. It's ah! easily replaceable. They've got a whole sleeve of them my backstage. R- <laughs> my rum was in there. <laughs> the worst is the other guy was like, it wasn't even a cup. It was my spit cup. <laughs> I'm spitting the chaw. Um,. Street Profits beat the New Day, and uh, I kind of like the way they're doing this uh, because they're saying that New Day wasn't as effective as a tag team because it wasn't Big E and Kofi. It was Xavier Woods and Kofi. However, I think Woods and Kofi are a better matchup for the Street Profits, and I hope that um, I hope that they go ahead with this. I hope they go. They have more matches. Yes, I agree. Down yeah. the line. Maybe WrestleMania time. Maybe Royal Rumble. Who knows? All right. Was the next match? Was cup on a pole match. Oh, the cup on a pole. <laughs> the red. Oh, just have him wrestle the cup. <laughs> him versus the red solo cup. Uh, okay, next. Uh, since you don't remember. Uh... <laughs> I just I remember them on, on, on once they're mentioned. All right, Bobby Lashley uh, versus uh, Sami Zayn. Don't remember that at all. <laughs> um, first of all, yeah, you come I, here for insightful wrestling commentary, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let me ask you this. If you're just tuning into the pay-per-views and you're not watching Monday Night Raw and you're not watching SmackDown on a regular basis mm-hmm. because you like watching AEW and you got to talk, today, you know, and... Uh, but I'm just saying this. You, so you watch a major pay-per-view. Um, it should be easy to figure out who the heel and who the face is, right? Yes. I did not know who the, who the heel and face was in this match. I think they're both heels. I think that was the issue. Yeah. Because the, 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 and, and, and since when does the, the U.S. title become so important that it needs to be guarded by four guys in a faction? <laughs> Is it that important? I don't know. The uh, are those... they trying to make it important? 
those those guys stick together. I like the the Hurt Business a lot. They are they're a good uh, group. But yes, I understand why did all of them need to come down to ringside, uh, especially when it's Bobby Lashley versus. Sammy Zayn. Yeah, and Sammy didn't have anybody having his back, so he kind of looked like the face in the whole thing, but then he wasn't acting like the face at all. Mm-hmm. He is Sammy. He's an interrogator, anta- antagonist. He's the uh, antagonizer. He is uh, he's a brat, and uh, he's a problem, and he did not last long in that match. No, um, it was it was a, it was an okay match. Yeah. When does when he does, is a very good heel? I'll give Sami Zayn credit. He well, is very wait, good are we at talking it. Sami Zayn or are we talking Sami Zayn the Cuban assassin? Which one are we talking about here? Uh, Sami Zayn. Who's Sami Zayn the Cuban assassin? Well, that's who Sami Zayn dresses like now. He dresses like the Cuban assassin. Oh, you're right. He does have that very Fidel <laughs> Castro like get up. Yes. Well, I'm not mentioning those. I'm actually talking about the Cuban assassins who dress exactly like Sami Zayn. Who are the Cuban assassins? They're a fucking team from Cuba that were assassins. They obviously wore masks. Okay. When did these guys wrestle? Calgary. Stampede. <laughs> People. Cuba, can you Google Cuban assassins? There, there are times where Jeff and I will get into arguments and it'll involve a Google or two. Um, Jeff has been... Jeff has been really l- relentless on one of them, even though I was right. Uh, Jeff is... Uh, uh, <laughs> when I used to come home from school in the 80s, I would watch uh, Andy of Mayberry, the Andy Griffith show, <laughs> but it was called Andy of Mayberry when I watched it. That's what they called it. I did not make that up. So anyways, was it on Jeopardy? It was on Jeopardy. This is how this fight started, yes. It was on Jeopardy. As most of our fights start over Jeopardy. And um, and you bending and I, the rules to I, your favor. I, I answered Andy Mayberry, and the answer was... And the guy just said, Andy Griffith. He didn't even say the Andy Griffith show. Yes, and they He's gave the, it to him, they which they should not have. Which they should not have. Which means if I... They probably would have gave me Andy Mayberry because they would have known that it was also named Andy Mayberry later on 20, 30 years down the line on a different run. So um, I grew up watching it as Andy Mayberry. Jeff and I argued about this. It's because Uh, it's the Andy Griffith show. Yes, again, (laughs) things can get retitled and repackaged later on and it still be the fucking same thing. (laughs) Just like Andy Griffith's show got repackaged as Andy of Mayberry. So, that's happened. Now, don't ask Jeff who sings While My Guitar Gently Weeps because it's not the Beatles. Anyways. That's right. Um, George Harrison. George Harrison also plays guitar on it. Who else plays guitar on it? Eric Clapton. Did you know that? <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, we're on to the next match, which I do believe was Oscar. <laughs> yes, it was. And what I love about Oscar is she loves lingerie, and she loves to wear it all at once. Yes, this was another good joke of yours. It's like let's get uh, let's get Oscar six pairs of panties for Christmas, and it's like no Oscar, they don't all go on at once. And she's got like seven pairs of panties. Yeah, she would have. Uh, yeah, went to Victoria's Secret, spent twelve hundred dollars, and 
Have a night's worth of clothing. Have a yeah. night's worth of clothing. <laughs> and, and a fur Four coat. bras. Four, she wears four bras, <laughs> uh, a couple garters, three <laughs> pairs of panties, <laughs> seven nylons, including on her arms. <laughs> and still walks out crazy. Um, this was a good match, though. These two always have good matches. They do always have good matches, and they're the only two that are that are there having good matches right now because we've seen the, all the other women in the five-on-five. Five, yeah, was, it was rough. That was rough. Um, so kudos to Asuka and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks went over on this one, and she went over kind of strongly. But, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt Asuka, and it doesn't hurt Sasha whoever loses or wins their matches because they're both top-notch girls and workers. Uh, what was the next match after that? Uh, the next match was the aforementioned five-woman uh, uh, Survivor Series elimination match. Yeah, and, and, and you realize how much they miss Becky and Charlotte. Yes. When you're, when you're watching these matches and you're like, Yeesh. Like, where's Mandy Rose? Uh, good question. I'm not sure. Did she take time off when, um, what's her name, when, took time off? Who? Oh, her friend. Um, oh, Sonya Deville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were the donut bumpers? <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, now you agree that they were the donut bumpers. They used to they used to travel together, and they used to eat donuts all the time. They used to bump donuts before they'd eat them. So, it has nothing to do with Sonya Deville's sexual preferences uh they just like to bump donuts but anyway um i don't even know what's happened between the the uh the like lacey evans is in this match lacey evans has never been over she's never they they made her baby face despite the fact they didn't change her character whatsoever and then i think they turned her back you nobody cares yeah exactly yeah no this this was this was rough they didn't need uh this this on the show and you you know what a waste of shana brazler's talent there's a lot of good women's wrestlers in here but they had to fill it up with you know undercard look at the match made me long for a sarah logan comeback i told you that (laughs) i was like do we see a sarah logan run in tonight to help reunite the entire ruby riot squad uh which i which which you know what probably would have been one of the most exciting things to happen in that match but the story became lana because apparently um all the women on the Raw team are, are going to stand behind the bullies of Nia Jax and Shayna Brazler. It's amazing how the bullies always have to be the big, fat, ugly ones. But, you know, whatever. It's Vince's booking. And Nia Jax is the bully. And Lana is just stuck. And they told her, go stand outside. You're not part of the team. But then, all of a sudden, what happens? The whole team loses. Lana's the only one left standing outside the ring. She should have had a 10 count to get into the ring, <laughs> but she didn't. There, there are problems also, like during the first male match, five on five, not the first male man match, the first match of males, five on five, uh, I noticed Matt Riddle was standing on the bottom rope, leaning over to get a tag, and the ref counted it as a tag and let him in. You have to have... 
Yeah, both feet on the apron. Both feet on the apron. You can't have you standing on the bottom rope. What's the difference of standing on the top rope and tagging in and out? This is stupid, but you get what I'm talking about. Rules are rules. <laughs> that they are. Um, so anyways, uh, with that match, uh, Lana won. And uh, we don't know where it's going to go tonight on Raw. but <laughs> um, Yes, the Raw that's taking place it's in on a couple of hours. Yes. Yeah, it's on in an hour. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, tune in because this Lana storyline is not going away. And uh, well, they can't tune into Raw tonight because this is going to air on Thursday. You're right. You're absolutely right. I hope you guys tuned in to Raw and saw what happened with Lana. I this don't even... absurd bit you've got us doing now. Where are we on the time space continuum? I don't know what's going on. Well, it's Survivor Series. <laughs> we're in November. There always is in November, and we're looking back at the card. As we look forward in the week. Right now, it's Thursday, as you're listening to us in your earphones, and we're taping this on Monday before the Raw. Oh, that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, the ladies' match, Lana. We'll see what happens with Lana. Uh, Natty Neidhart was in the match. She was okay. Uh, You know, uh, check out Natty's YouTube show with her sister, Jenny. It's always entertaining. Um, there's a lot of boobies in that. If you like that sort of stuff, which Casey does, I don't mind it. I uh, don't mind it. So, and then they we're on to the last match, I believe. Yes, yes, we are. There was only five matches on the card, so I have to say I was pretty happy with that. There were seven matches on the card. All right then. Sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair enough. That <laughs> cracked me up. Talk for a second. <laughs> Jeff's having a, a little bit of a laugh attack. So, folks, at this time of year, it's uh, you get out there and get your essential drinks and you get your Timmy's on. Don't stay locked in. Grab go to Timmy's, grab a hot chocolate, and grab yourself some hockey cards, will you? Mm. Tim Hortons. Get that Connor McDavid Ruby card today. Um, Jeff, how are you? <laughs> Let's go into this last match, shall we? And wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, the last match was the, uh, yes, uh, a good match for a change. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus... We had two guys who are legitimate stars, look like Roman stars. Reigns. Now, Roman Reigns has look appeared... great. Yeah. Roman Reigns has appeared throughout the episode uh, to give his uh, scolding to... Jimmy? I believe so. Jimmy Uso. Jimmy or Jay. I well, let's get it right. Okay. Uso. We'll just say Us. Okay. One of the Uses uh, is with Roman, and one of the Uses is like, what's up, Us? And uh, he's not with it. But it's very important uh, to be with Roman. And I like Roman as a heel. I like Roman with Paul Heyman. I like Roman at the head of the table. And, uh, you know, this head of the table thing with Roman could go, you know, if you want to see Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania, Roman needs to continue this head of the table stuff and be the greatest Samoan wrestler of his time. 
And uh, by do you doing think that's so, what they're building to? Do you think I think they're... that's the head of the table, the whole thing of the head of the table. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yeah, The Rock would do that for his, you know, he would do that for Roman. Yes, I agree. To put him at that different level. He did it for Cena. Do you think it'll be this year's WrestleMania, though? Do you think they'll be in no, the stadium? No, they're going to save it for when people can go back. Yeah. Two years away. But it's starting. The, Roman will have a year on top as uh, head of the table. You know, but I think it's going to go that way as fuck. I hope it, I hope to hell it goes that way. We get to see the rock versus Roman two years from now in Hollywood. So that's where it would be because they're going to go back to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and then Hollywood's postponed till 2022. That's right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So and where is the rock? He's the king of Hollywood. That's right. So ideally, the rock goes into the Hall of Fame. He has one last match that year. Maybe he doesn't go in the Hall of Fame that year. Maybe he just does the one last match, and that's even down the line. But with that said, it's going to be great. And uh, this match, you know, no belts are on the line in this match. It's just uh, champion versus champion. And uh, both guys are looking good. Both products are looking strong. Yeah, I like the uh, – I didn't know if I would like it, but I like the new – kilt and the sword and it doesn't feel gimmicky coming from a guy who's from there yes but even but even still like when Seamus would dress up it just looked stupid well because Seamus looks stupid (laughs) you're right he does yeah Yeah. so and uh like yeah Seamus he was in a match was he not in a match he was in the uh survivor series five on five I get I like it when they come out and he's completely white and we're like we get it you can't tan (laughs) Uh, so, um, that's it. That was the Survivor Series. Tell it, us, it was not the Survivor Series. You're missing an hour of like <laughs> the end of the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> the thing the whole show was built around. Uh, See, Jeff. Okay, we're gonna time this right. So at 45 minutes in. <laughs> The lights were supposed to go out, and the gong was supposed to go, <laughs> and then the funeral parlor marriage music was supposed to come on, and then you'd hear yes, yes, yes. Okay, kids. Now they say marijuana is harmless, and it, I believe it is. Uh, but Casey Corbin, who's been known to smoke marijuana, uh, his Survivor Series recap was <laughs> the five on five. Oscar versus Sasha Banks. Yes. And then the champion versus champion match. And then in his memory, nothing else has happened. Wait, we also covered the women's five on five. <laughs> which you didn't remember. Which I did remember that Lana was there, and I remembered both teams very well. I also covered the men's five on five. I also brought up the Battle Royal that we didn't even watch. I also, I we pretty much hit uh, New Day. I remember talking about that. I don't need to recap the show because I remember because I'm still here. <laughs> anyway, Drew versus uh, uh, Roman oh, Reigns is his name, Jeff. Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. I forgot. I'm sorry. You like guys in skirts. We get it. You like guys that would have a big sword. Carry. I like him in a. In a you know, I like a guy in a kilt that carries a big sword. We get it. We get it. You're looking for a model. So, Rick Martel is the man to seek. 
Um, it was a good hard hitting match, though. Would you not agree? Yes, yes. yes. Those guys should be hitting hard. Yes, and uh, and it was a great match. And, and I thought, I, li- I like Drew McIntyre now. He's really grown on me. I thought. Well, the problem is, is I don't like Bill McIntyre, and uh, he makes me think of Drew McIntyre. Who, who's Bill McIntyre? Oh, he's nobody, but he reminds me of Bill McIntosh. Oh, <laughs> who is somebody that I don't want to think of. Thanks for putting me in that mind space. Um, so, here it is time. Bong. The Undertaker's goodbye comes out. This is it. But before they do The Undertaker, mm-hmm. they introduce everybody that hung and pissed beside The Undertaker <laughs> on the road. If you said hi to The Undertaker in catering, you were invited to this thing. They were like, they were like, Mark, we'll do it. I'll be Mark's like, I don't have any friends. They're like, we'll make it look like you have all the friends. They, like, you knew when they brought in the Godwins, the Godwins, yeah, who fucking was not told about the dress code in effect. <laughs> they showed up in fucking overalls, ready to give someone a slop drop. Yes, yeah, so they showed up in their gimmick, and nobody else did. Yeah, no, Hunter would have none of it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I had a feud with this guy for a year mm-hmm. because of getting into a ring with a bunch of people I wasn't supposed to be friends with. I'm not getting into this ring. So uh, everybody was there. Shawn Michaels was there. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there. Everybody. Ric Flair continues to not care about COVID-19. Or his health. <laughs> um, the man has died almost three times and wants to be booked on every show. Like the yeah, uh, Not only that. Uh, the Godfather was there. Godfather. Uh, JBL was there. Uh, basically, if you had a match with The Undertaker, you were there. <laughs> um, uh, so many others. There were there. All these wrestlers are called to the ring, and then this is usually when the wrestler comes out, and uh, then Vince usually comes out in the very end. Yes. Well, didn't, what, didn't do that this no, time. This just the show ended, and then all of a sudden. I felt like we were in the fucking uh, the fucking Fiend's Funhouse, <laughs> and there's a guy in a mask in the ring. Fuck no, that's Vince McMahon. <laughs> he looked like the he looked like the puppet from the Fiend's Playhouse. That's very funny. The Firefly Playhouse, and he's in the ring, and he cuts a big promo on the Undertaker, and then they go to another cut too. He's gone. Is everybody else back in the ring? Nope. We don't even know what happened with them. And then the Undertaker comes in, fog, everything, and he goes, and he goes in the middle of the ring. He takes a sweet time. He doesn't catch on fire. <laughs> he just walks to the ring. It was so strange how they did it. Like, why would you not do it all in one segment? Yes. Why did they cut it up into three different segments and make it a half an hour? Yes, and like it felt like... Ever? Yes, and it felt like the the thing with the guys coming Long in the ring. Long and drawn out? That's what his entrance is. <laughs> Well, it felt like the thing with the guys coming to the ring was live. Yeah. And everything else was taped. Yes, so there was no point of those guys to even come out to the ring. <laughs> I agree. What was there? What was that point? <laughs> I don't know. None of these guys are... Oh, my God. So, anyways, the Undertaker comes out, gets out on one knee, sticks his tongue out, <laughs> and does his Undertaker thing. And then, all of a sudden, Paul Bear is standing beside him, and... I don't think The Undertaker saw Paul Bearer, but I, I think we did. Because 
The Undertaker not react to a dead guy standing on the apron holding up an urn of fuck could have been himself. Who knows? So Yes, it was a hologram, yes. Oh my god. How much does that cost? I I don't know. Okay. Well, if you could Google how much the Paul Bear hologram costs, <laughs> let us know and we'll see uh what we'll send you a postcard, in. ladies we'll and gentlemen. S- not one of my postcards. <laughs> that is the Survivor Series. The Undertaker is... You know what? I really thought he was going to be in a match in one of the five-on-five five matches. Well, I think the, the 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 Boneyard match was too good. He can't top that. No, you're right. He can't top the Boneyard match was the way to go. And, uh, yeah. So that's it. That's another Survivor Series in the books. That's the third Survivor Series review that we've done on this show. And um, will there be another one next year? I don't know. Who knows? Who who knows? Who knows what 21, 20, 20, 21, the year, who knows what the future holds? But uh, for now, um, it's been Casey Corbin, Jeff McHenry on Talking Wrestling. Jeff, tell us where you're performing next and where we can find you online. <laughs> I am performing nowhere uh, for the next, oh, I don't know, year, probably, probably year. Um, We'll see when this whole thing uh, dies down. Uh, I will not be doing Zoom shows like Casey, who does those things and is able to do them and is actually good at them. I don't have that ability so i will be uh hopefully getting a government check uh like the rest of my family has well that was a lot of information we didn't need (laughs) um you should have just said not applicable uh jeffmchenry.com if you want to see all the shows i had that were canceled um and uh that's that's about it all right if you were in downtown acton uh next month (laughs) And you said, fuck, is that Jeff McHenry? No, fuck, he's, he fucking moved out of this town. He's big time. We want to be back. Because, you know, you're not going to see Roz and Mocha, you know, walking <laughs> down the streets of Acton. Because they're busy busting stories out about Alfonso Ribeiro and his original mom on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Don't know if you checked that out, but what? They had the French Prince of Bel-Air mom on the Mocha Roz show, and they were interviewing her, and she was saying... That Alfonso still has a beef with her. Because if you noticed, he was not in any of the reunion shots. Really? Yeah, and we watched it and we didn't even notice it. No? Nope. We're talking about the reunion of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, yes, uh, and you're talking about the fact that Roz is from my hometown, has a street named after him, which I'm very upset about. And the fact that I will be moving back to my hometown. And, uh, he, and he will be living on Roz's street. <laughs> I am not. I'm living near it. He's the he st- has a street named after him, the street behind the beer store in Acton. You know how on, on, on uh, NBC there's a character named Roz and everybody's his friends? That's what it's like in Acton. Everybody's friends of Roz. <laughs> but this gets to Jeff McHenry, and uh, he's moving back to town to show them who's number one. Because we don't think Roz will be moving back anytime soon, so th- folks. There may be a, yes, there may be uh, things happening with talking wrestling in the future. I'll leave that for Casey. But if this is my 
last review. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's not. You, you're going to be, we'll do it by phone in January at the Rumble. And you will also leave me the codes to your network. <laughs> it's all very simple, folks. So, uh, with that said, uh, hey, Casey Corbin, you can find me uh, December 30th at the Neat uh, Cafe. Is it the cafe? Or is it the Neat uh, Coffee Shop in Burnstown, Ontario? We'll be doing the annual Christmas show we do up there every year. And usually it's 100 people, but uh, this year it's 50. So, uh, it is what it is, folks. Uh, stay home, stay safe, stay hungry. And um, thank you for joining us on Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Casey Corbin, and uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. We will talk to you next week. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.